Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. So let's jump into what we're talking about today. We are continuing, and actually today, wrapping up a series on Samson. This whole series has been us talking to the men uh, and women. I I know that all the ladies have gained quite a bit from this that they are reiterating to their men over and over again. No, I'm just kidding. I know the ladies have been blessed by this as well, and uh, we're thankful for this series. I'm hearing lots of great conversations, but let me just kind of review a little bit of what we've been talking about before we get on to today's topic. Samson was one of the most frustrating characters in the Bible. Frustrating because when you look at this guy, he had so many incredible opportunities, so many gifts that were given to him that he really didn't do much to earn, right? Because Samson was somebody that God chose to be a man who would defeat his enemies, which were the Philistines, right? So we had the Israelites, and we had the Philistines, and the Philistines were uh, pressing and and, uh, pillaging and raping and destroying the Israel. Uh, the Israel villages and cities, Israelite villages and cities. And so God put Samson up, raised him up, marked him from birth, and said, this guy is going to be a great deliverer for the people. And so God gave Samson great strength. He had supernatural strength to the point that people would look at him and say, where does this guy got his strength from? This is crazy. And he did crazy things all throughout the Bible. But with Samson, he had so much potential, so many gifts. But he, had, but he also did was made so many mistakes. And he wasted all of that potential because he made mistake after mistake after mistake. And so what we've been doing is we looked at at how the first week and how Samson had a really weak will. Samson had a really weak will. He said, look, I, I deserve this, things that he wasn't allowed to have. He says, I deserve this, this sense of entitlement. He says, I want this, things he wasn't allowed to have. He wanted, he chased after. He said, I can handle this. And these are very common excuses that men use when we are weak will. And so we looked at how Samson struggled with that and how that led to a lot of his his issues because he broke his vows to God. He touched things he wasn't supposed to touch. He drank things he wasn't supposed to drink. And he got a really bad haircut when he wasn't supposed to cut his hair at all, right? This is Samson. And then we also looked at the second week and how Samson, one of his issues was that he was constantly emotionally driven to do what he did. He's not a guy who was spirit-led. He wasn't following after God. He, He let the emotions of anger and pride drive him And that landed him in some hot water where he felt like he was the center of the story. He was the most important one when truly this is all about God's story, not ours. And then last week we talked about how Samson ruined his life one step at a time. Because, men, that's how we ruin our lives. It doesn't happen all at once. Like everything's hunky-dory and you're doing your best. And then, boom, everything changes. It's one step at a time. We take away from God. And we see that's what happened with Samson last week as well. And so Samson, like most of us men, he's blown it big time. And uh, just in case you're, you're, you're completely unfamiliar with the story, here it is. He was, an angel appears to his mom and dad and says, you're going to have a kid. He's going to be the great deliverer. He's going to take a Nazarite vow. He can't drink alcohol. He can't touch anything dead. And he can't cut his hair. And he'll have strength and he'll defeat all the Philistines. And how he went from so much potential being announced about him to being a guy where he presently is, 
to being shackled, to being humiliated and shamed. His eyes have been gouged out. His hair has been cut. And now he's sitting in a prison grinding for entertainment for the Philistines. I say, grinding for entertainment? Let me explain. He's attached to a stone that he's pushing around in a circle as he grinds out the meal. And the Philistines were able to peer in on him and just laugh at him. So Samson's in a pickle. He's in a situation, and he's lost all his strength. And Samson's condition raises this question. Here it is. What do you do, guys, when you've completely blown it? What do you do when you've completely blown it? When you've wasted opportunities, when you have said things that you shouldn't have said, when you've done things that you shouldn't have done, when you wind up embarrassed by your behavior, and every man that's been there says, amen? Yeah, we've been there. What do you do when you've blown it all? See, this is really important because, see, women and men are wired different, okay? Women find value very differently than men do. Women find value in relationships. Everything is relational. Everything, even Pinterest. Pinterest is like one of the greatest things for the gals. They love to find all these things, but it's all relational. Somebody shared a pin. Somebody pinned this to their board. Take a look at it. Everything is all about sharing and showing and loving and feeling and caring. And let's go to the bathroom together. It's... And 45 minutes later, they come back. And you're like, what are you guys doing in there? Are we just talking? Everything's relational with girls. But with guys... I mean, we like to be liked, but that's not the most important thing to us, right? Guys, we want to be respected. That's the most important thing to us. And so things are about our accomplishments. I mean, like, look, there is no guy that has another guy friend that invites them to go to the bathroom with him. That just doesn't happen. In fact, if you see a friend in the bathroom, it's okay to talk to him, but you never look at him. You just keep looking straight because if your eyes go over, then your man card is gone. Like, it's done. You just keep on looking straight and you can talk to each other. It's best just to not even speak lest you cross that line. It's best to just nod and grunt. <laughs> but guys find our value in our accomplishments and what we've done. Did we win? Did we score? We don't care if you like us. We want you to respect us. We want you to, to honor us and be like, ah, yeah, that guy, he is the man. But when, so when we fail, because we find so much value in our accomplishments, what we've done, failure takes a heavy blow on a man. That's a heavy weight for us. Because when we fail, we, we feel like we, we can never recover. And no matter what, what arena of life, when we fail, we feel like we can never recover. And so, you need to know this if you're taking notes today. A man's greatest fear is failure, and his greatest pain is regret. A man's greatest fear is failure, and greatest pain is regret. We don't want to fail, and when we do, we often wind up in a place called regret. We say, I wish I had done this, or I wish I hadn't done that. Unfortunately, a lot of you in your life will face regret. You'll face the regret of having to tell your spouse, who you promised to be faithful to, to love and to cherish, that you've had an affair. 
Unfortunately, some of you will have to face your loved one and explain to them why you're getting your jollies off of something on a screen, on a computer screen, instead of loving her. Unfortunately, some of you are going to have to, to confess something. Some of these are just outside pressures. These are, there are inward ones as well. There are inward regrets. Like maybe you look at your job and you feel like, man, my career's just going nowhere. You know, I didn't go to school and I didn't get it. I didn't get the education I needed to go where I wanted to go in life. Or for whatever reason, you're in a dead-end job and you just, you regret it. You've been here too long. Or maybe because you've made so many promises to yourself. Or maybe even to God. I'll never do this again. If you just give me one more chance, I'll never do this again. And by Thursday of that week, you've done it again. We face these regrets. We face these failures. Sometimes we look at, maybe it's just simply looking at your life, guys, and saying, you know, I'm not married, and I could have been married all this time. I could, I could have done this. I was too selfish to jump into the relationship. I could have been a lot further along in life. I thought I'd have more. I thought I'd have done more. I thought I'd have given more. Maybe you regret that your life is, is a paycheck-to-paycheck kind of thing because you spent all the money up front. You didn't save well. You got yourself in a lot of debt by using credit cards to buy stuff you didn't need. And now you live paycheck-to-paycheck and you regret that lifestyle. We deal with regrets. You look at your life and your, your marriage and it's flat. Compare it to other people and you're like, man, I really wish I had their kind of marriage, but you know, I'm... I'm only sticking in this thing for the kids. We have these failures and we have these regrets. Samson's story shows us something, men, that we have to learn to embrace. And that's just because you failed at something doesn't mean that you're a failure. Oh, come on, y'all need to wake up this morning. Just because you failed at something doesn't mean that you are a failure. If you're taking notes, here it is. Failure is an event, never a person. Failure is an event, never a person. That means that's not who you are. It means it's a choice that you made. It's something you did. Don't let it hold you there. And we're going to see in Samson's life a guy who failed over and over again, and God still accomplished, it, accomplished his purposes through a man who just could not get it right. So men, just because you are down doesn't mean that you're out. Because failure, again, is an event, not a person. So look at verse 23 of chapter 16 of Judges. It says, Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to celebrate, saying, Our God has delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hands. Now pause right there. We'll continue the verse in just a second. Let me, let me, let me break it down for you what's happening here, okay? They've gathered together in kind of like a temple. But for them, see, we imagine our temples look like this. Because this is our filter, this is our lens. Everybody's gathered, there's a guy up front, and there's a bunch of rows right there. But this is not how their temple would have been. It would have been more like a coliseum, like a big round kind of thing with staggered stadium seating. Kind of like the, uh, the horseshoe. OH? Yeah! You guys are awake. That's awesome. And so they're in a coliseum of sorts. And they're there offering sacrifices to their, their god, Dagon, who was half man, half fish, saying thank you for capturing Samson, okay? Continues on and says, when the people saw Samson, they praised their god, saying, 
Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. So here's 3,000 people singing praises to Dagon that Samson's been captured because Samson is the guy who, remember, took foxes, 150 pairs of foxes, lit their tails on fire and sent them through the fields and burned the Philistines' harvest to the ground. So he said, laid waste to our land and multiplied our slain. He also took the jawbone of a donkey and killed a thousand guys. Like just in one, one setting, right? So it continues on. It says, while they were in high spirits, they shouted, bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of the prison and he performed for them. I can't imagine what a blind dude who's been doing nothing but grinding at a stone could do to entertain them, but he performed for them. Samson's at an all-time low. He's being shamed before his enemies, and he's lost 100% of everything, 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 and he has failed massively. When we look at Samson's story, we realize there are two different kinds of responses to failure that men we can experience, two responses to failure. The first one, and the natural response, is remorse. The first response to failure is remorse. It's like, I feel bad for what I've done. This is an inward feeling. I, 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 maybe, maybe you even say that I'm bad because of what I've done. That's shame that comes along with that. Shame says you're bad because you did the bad thing, not that the thing you did was bad. We feel horrible about what we've done. Outwardly, though, sometimes when we get into a mess, what do we do, guys? When we feel remorse, we feel bad about what we've done. But the first thing we do is we start pointing fingers. Samson could have been, hey, it wasn't me. It's not my fault that I'm here. It was Delilah's fault because she had the lips and the little dance and she... It was her. She drew me in. She gave me up. He could have responded in that way and said, it's not my fault. She tempted me. And what did we learn last week, guys? We learned that she nagged him to... Yeah, look at you guys quoting scripture. That's awesome. But don't use that against your wife, okay? Uh, if you weren't here last week, you need to come to church every Sunday, by the way, so you can get all the jokes and the stuff that's going on around here. But it says he nagged him, Delilah nagged him to death. The second response, and the better response, is Repentance. The better response to failure is repentance. Repentance says, I'm sorry. But it's more than that. Repentance says it's my fault. The true sign of maturity in any person is the acceptance of responsibility. I, I talk to my children all the time. You want to be mature? Accept responsibility. Accept responsibility for your actions and do it now. And that shows me that you are growing up, that you are maturing. See, when we repent from something, we said, it was me, pick me. I'm the reason that I got here. It was my series of choices. Yes, there was people that influenced me along the way. There were circumstances that brought me these opportunities, but I did it. I chose it because, see, here's the thing. The difference between remorse and repentance is that repentance grabs ownership of it, brings it in close, and the responsibility is yours. And if you are the one who caused your situation, 
then you are the one who can change your situation. Repentance is empowering because you realize it was my choice, and if I chose to do this, then I can choose to do that. Repentance is a big biblical word that is simply just turning away. It means a 180. We repent from doing things our ways and turn towards doing them God's ways, right? This is repentance. You acknowledge it. Hey, this is my fault. This is my fault. Samson, Samson would have had to acknowledge it and say, look, I didn't take my vow seriously. I, I blew it. I wanted it. I felt like I deserved it. I felt like I could handle it. I allowed my anger and my pride to drive me. And I took all these steps. I made the decisions. Pick me. I did it. My fault. I'll own it. Samson did all these things. The important thing to note in all of this is that, guys, what we want to do is kind of make it right, don't we? We wish we could undo some of the things that we did. The problem is, is you can't unsin. So did he say unsend or unsin? We can't do either of those things. How many of you guys text message? How many of you guys have ever sent something to somebody that you did not mean to send to them? Yeah. Just this week, I had a, a buddy of mine who uh, canceled on lunch plans with me. And so I got quick about inviting some other people to lunch, and I invited them to lunch, and then I wound up texting him my location and where I was and what time we were meeting, and he texted back with a huh. I said, oh, I sent it to the wrong person. I said, I'm sorry, I meant to send that to people that didn't bail on me for lunch. I apologize. <laughs> I think I just got back a little emoticon with big eyes, like, oh, well, it's hurtful. But you can't, you can't unsend text messages. You wish you could, and you also can't unsend. You can't undo what it is that you've done. You can't unsleep with that person you slept with. You can't unsee the things that you've seen. You can't undo the bad deal that you did. You, you can't undo these things. But what you can do is repent. You can own it. So that, that was me. You can stop st hanging out in that world of remorse because remorse is a, is a backwards kind of thing, right? Constantly looking at where I've been. Oh, I feel bad. But nothing changes. Repentance is a moving forward kind of thing. When you own it, you begin to make new choices. You realize it's as simple as that. I can make, I can make new choices starting today. Don't let your past failures limit your future opportunities. And Samson's story, here's what's happening. Samson is remembering, we even saw it last week, he's starting to remember when he told Delilah, well, if you cut my hair, because see, I've never had my hair cut before, he's remembering what his purpose was. In the middle of all this, he's being laughed at and made a mockery in front of over 3,000 people in this Colosseum. 3,000 of God's enemies have gathered to poke at him. And Samson is remembering something. I had purpose at one point in time. God had a plan for my life. I was supposed to be the avenger. I was supposed to be the guy who silenced these people. I think he's remembering that. I think his spirit was stirred up inside. And if you'll notice something at the end of last week's sermon, that one verse that was grace-filled that was in the Bible said, and his hair began to grow back. 
By this time, Samson's strength had returned to him. The Philistines weren't any more aware of it. Hadn't even paid attention. Samson's been in a dungeon grinding. His hair has grown back and his strength has returned. Guys, don't, don't get hung up in remorse. Don't get hung up in the past. Move forward. Your strength will return to you if you'll be willing to repent and move forward. Don't feel sorry for yourself. You can't change the past, but you can change the future. So here's what happens with Samson. The verse continues on and said, When they stood him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who had held his hand, Put me where I can feel, feel the pillars that support the temple so that I may lean against them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord. I'm going to stop right there. See, most people don't know what this word sovereign means. Do you know what it means? It means God can do anything that he wants to. He's in charge. He's the boss. And it doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. He's in charge. He's got a plan, and his plan is going to play out no matter what. And Samson is right now in the middle of his brokenness, in the middle of his being shackled and blinded and lost. Acknowledges God for who he is. Oh, sovereign God. In one word, he summarized Samson's position versus God's position. You're the boss, you're in charge. You're the God that can do anything, anything that you want. You're the God of the impossible. You're the God that is so far past whatever I can imagine and or think. Oh, sovereign God. So much in two words. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, remember me. Oh, God, please strengthen me just once more. He realizes he's blown it too many times. But he's asking for one more chance. One more chance. He says, I'll be different. I just need one chance. I don't need two more chances. I just need one more chance. Just strengthen me one more time, and I'll do it right. He's asking for once. In the middle of his brokenness, he realizes none of this is about me. It's all about you, God. It's all about you. Samson's decided he's all in. Whatever I have, it's all yours. All of it. Everything is for you, God. It's all for your glory. And so he steps across that line. I've had somebody recently come to me and had to confess, Aaron, you know, I, I got caught watching porn. My lady caught me. And while he was dealing with the brokenness of that, he decided to come forward and speak about other infidelity that he'd had in other relationships with women. He said, Aaron... He said, I'm going to give it all to God. He's somebody who is far from God. He said, if you'll give me just one more chance. If you'll just give me one more chance, I'll turn it around. I just need once more. I just, I just need once more. Look, guys, when a man is down, you're not out. You're never out. Because even in our failures, God can still accomplish his purposes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them. 
his right hand on the one and his left hand on the other. And Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. Gentlemen, it's never too late to do what God wants you to do. It's never too late. Even in the midst of your failures, even in the midst of the mess that you have made of your life, it is never too late to turn. You may be down, but you're not out. Some of you go, yeah, but my life is this, Aaron. I'm caught in this issue or I'm caught in that. I don't think God could. Let me tell you, God could and God will. You say, why would he do that? Think about what a testimony it is. That you get to stand in front of people, maybe not up here, but maybe just sitting next to them on a bus, a restaurant, or somebody that you meet in a store. And you get to share the fact that I was an addict. I had a string of broken relationships behind me, and God changed me. I cheated on my wife over and over and over again. And in God's grace, he restored my marriage. Oh, it took a lot of work. It took counseling. It took every effort that I had, but look at me now. Maybe your life is a string of bad financial decisions and you wound up in bankruptcy. I don't, know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I was there. And you've got nothing. Look at you today. You learned some biblical principles about how to handle your finances. And you may not have it all, but you aren't what you used to be. I'm telling you, God can and God will change your life no matter what you've done. He will see his purpose for you lived out. If you're willing to turn to him. If you're willing to turn to him. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Guys, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made. Pick yourself back up. So guys, I'm going to ask you, I'm shutting down today's service. What pillows are you going to push down? What pillars are you going to push down? I'm going to ask you to do something that you don't do. You probably don't take notes. Your spouse or your girlfriend or somebody, some girl you know is probably sitting there feverishly taking notes. And you're sitting there like this, all comfortable. I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. But whatever pillar it is that you are going to push down in your life, I'm going to challenge you to write it down. Take out the connection card. Write it down. You say, why am I going to write it down? Well, Aaron, why, why should I do that? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because I think most men have the spiritual gift of forgetfulness. I know I do. How many of you, okay, here's, here's, here's the question. How many of you guys have ever gone to the store to buy one thing, and you come home with $200 worth of groceries, but you forgot the one thing? Right? Write it down. Oh, no, you'll tell me that you want something different, but you're not willing to do something different. I guess that's a whole different story and none of my business. But what pillar are you pushing down? Is it greed? Is it anger? Is it pride? Is it comparison? 
Are you pushing down the pillars of regret or the fear of failure? Whatever you've gotten entangled with, there is a way to push down that pillar. Choose today to be your day that you're going to push it down. Write it down. You see, you can't say that you want something different and then not do something different. You need to do something different. Some of you need to leave here today and get counseling. Some of you here today need to get rid of some of that technology in your house. Some of you need to not, to not watch that show anymore. Some of you need to cut some relationships. Some of you need to lose some phone numbers. Oh, come on. You don't want real change. Because see, what surrender looks like oftentimes is sacrifice. If you're going to be surrendered to the sovereign God who has a purpose and plan for your life, and by the way, just so you know, it's way better than anything you could ever imagine or think that it is. He has plans to bless you and to prosper you, to give you joy, to give you peace, <laughs> to let you experience unfailing love. This is his plans for you, not mine. If you want something different, do something different. Surrender completely. Samson surrendered his life and he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And I think that's great. I think that's a powerful thing. But let me tell you something. I also think it was pretty easy. Because yes, Samson became a hero that would be told about for years to come in Sunday school classes. Samson, why? He killed the Philistines. <coughs> Samson accomplished God's purpose for his life in dying. I think real men accomplish God's purpose in their life by dying daily. That's more of a man. That's more of a hero to me than Samson will ever be. A man who chooses to die to his own desires. A man who chooses to die to his agenda. To hit, let his selfishness die daily. To follow after Jesus. Because see, what he has for you is a life of adventure. What he has for you is a life that is full and fulfilled. And he has amazing things for you. Some of you push back. Say, Aaron, I've messed up so much I can't. I've been here before. I've made this decision before. I've prayed this prayer. I know you're going to pray one here in a minute. I've prayed this prayer before. Yeah, but today is different. Today is going to be different for you. Decide that now. Repent. Turn around. Begin today. And do something different. Unfortunately, it took Samson a long time to figure this out, guys. It took him to the end of his life. Essentially, his deathbed everything was taken from him. Don't wait that long to figure out God's got a purpose and plan for you. He's, he's going to see it work out according to his plan. Whether you're on board or not, you can live a life that is full. Jesus said, Jesus said I came to give life and life more fully. You can have that life or you can live a life of brokenness and God is still going to be God. It's your choice today. Let's learn something from Samson together, men. And let's pray. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just wonder if I, if I couldn't talk to all of you from the beginning of this series all the way till this moment, whether you're a man or you're a woman, you'd say, you know what, Aaron, I'm, I, I'm caught up in this whole weak will thing. I've got, I've got a weak will. I feel entitled. I feel like I deserve it. I feel like I can handle it. I make excuses for my sin. Maybe you're the kind of person that's emotion-led instead of spirit-led. You allow your anger and pride and other emotions to lead your life around instead of 
instead of following after God. Others of you, you recognize, man, I've been taking small steps away from God in attitudes and thoughts, small decisions here and there. I've been walking away from God. And others of you, you would identify with today's message, with the, with the weight and pressure of failure. You feel overwhelmed by your failures. Like you could not get back up and try again. And yet I'm here to tell you today that you can. You can get back up. Let me identify that I understand each of these things are painful things. Because when we get entangled with them, they hurt us. They damage us. And what we need is healing because they leave wounds in our lives. If you need God's help to heal those wounds in your life, you want to be spirit-led and not emotion-led. You want to repent and turn back to God. It's Aaron, that's me. Pray for me. Would you just shoot your hand up and say, that's me. Do it now. Yeah. Yeah, there's hands all over this room. That's awesome. Thank you for your honesty. Put your hands down. Thank you. Father, I pray that you would help us. Help us to be strong in your strength, not our own. We just keep on messing things up. But we're looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith, for our strength today. Our strength to repent. Our strength to turn around. Would you lead us, God, by your spirit so that we're not led by our emotions, Lord? Would you call to us to turn around in areas of our lives where we don't even realize that we need to turn around? Would you restore purpose to our lives despite our failures? God, do this work in us today. As we continue to pray, if you're here today and you're not a Christ follower, see, Aaron, I've never made a decision to do that. Let me say, let me say something to you. When Samson came to God, he came to him shackled. Maybe you came to church today and you could say, I'm bound by something. I'm bound by addiction. I'm bound by my past. I'm bound by the decisions I've made. Something has you feeling bound. Samson also came to God broken. The circumstances of his life had left him with nothing. Nothing but brokenness. Maybe that's you here today. Maybe the relationships you've been in have left you broken. Maybe your financial decisions have left you broken. Whatever it is, you'd say, I'm broken today. Samson also came to God blind. Couldn't see. And there's many of you in this room today that would say, Aaron, I don't know who God is. I'm not even sure about all this Jesus stuff, but, but I want to be. I want to begin somewhere. I want to experience his love for me. If that's you and you're here today, you need to know that when Samson turned to God, God was there for him, and he's here for you now. If you'd like to turn to God, the way that we do that is through his son Jesus. Jesus paid a price on that cross for us. He died so that you and I did not have to. All we have to do is simply receive that gift. Say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. If you're here today and you want to pray that prayer, don't worry, I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you up here. I just want to know that you're here. Would you say, Aaron, that's me. Pray for me. Would you just shoot your hand up right now and say, yeah, I want to begin that relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Say, that's me. This is your moment. This is where it changes. Yeah, thank you. Anyone else? 
I'll wait for you, but not long. I feel like there's one more. Yeah. Yeah. Pray these words with me. You can pray them out loud or in your heart, but you just need to meet them. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you came to this earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross and rose from the dead so that I could be forgiven. Forgive me, Jesus. Give me your Holy Spirit. And through him, show me how to live for you. And I'll spend every day doing that. Be Lord of my life.